broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And then there was a date to actually get the dates. What do I mean by that? The NFL has officially rolled out the dates for the 2023 NFL schedule, the international games, the Black Friday games, select individual games, and, of course, more select individual games. They've rolled it out. The NFL is an absolute machine. They know exactly what they're doing. We'll touch on that and a whole lot more. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio this afternoon. Got a lot of really good guests coming up on the show today. Very excited about the conversation we'll have on the show today. And, of course, Raider Nation, we're always excited to talk to you coming off the heels of a weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed your weekend, had a little bit of rest and relaxation time. I even got out and uh, did a little top golfing over the weekend on Sunday. I, I, trust my, I tested my chops as far as... As, uh, the golf game goes, and I'll just let you know right now, Raider Nation, it wasn't too good. But that's all right. That's all right. I'm not the top golfer, but I was able to have a little bit of time and a little bit of fun on Sunday. Uh, went out with Vegas Jess and, and Jason, and we're able to have a little bit of fun over at Top Golf here in Vegas. So uh, anytime you get to enjoy the weather and it's not too hot <laughs> out and about, you, uh, you get to do that, watch the hoop game, and, and show how bad we all are. At golf, So that was a little bit of my weekend, but I'm glad to be back with you for the next three hours here on Red Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness, coming off the heels of JT the Brick, and of course, we'll be with you all week long. But yeah, it's official like a referee's whistle, the international games, uh, the dates will be given out on May 10th on NFL Network and ESPN, Black Friday game, May 10th by way of Amazon, and I'll just say this, Damon, I'll start with this, there's no way that the Black Friday game is not a Raiders game, right? A Raiders home game. There's no way, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't... That would be foolish for the NFL to put any other team as the home team on that Black Friday outside the Raiders, right? I mean, am I am I looking into this too too much, or or am I spot on when it comes to that? I think you're looking into it a little too much. Are you serious? I, I don't think that the NFL is thinking about that at all. Really? They're going to be looking at the schedule and say, what two teams can we punish by making them play on a Friday? No, the Black Friday, Silver and Black, Allegiant Stadium. I mean, are you serious? Like, that makes all the sense in the world. How can that be? That, to, to me, and this is just my opinion, we'll find out on the 10th when this comes out by way of Amazon. Somehow Amazon's going to let us know who's playing and who's going to host that game. Just like the Cowboys host Thanksgiving every Thanksgiving, Black Friday ought to be a, a, a Raiders home game every single year. I mean, it's just it should be something that's etched in stone. Black Friday, silver and black, it goes together. Why would it be any other team besides the Raiders? Like, it obviously rotates – other teams coming in but why wouldn't that be a Raider home game it does not make too much sense I don't think that you're you're giving the executives the big wigs at Amazon you're giving them too much credit if they're like if the if the NFL is going to be sitting around the Raiders Black Friday it makes all the sense in the world guys you tell me they didn't think that when they first came up with the idea that they're gonna take up another day and honestly I'll say this I don't need Black Friday football, right? Nobody I mean, we, does. We already have Monday night football, Thursday night football. Fridays are supposed to be Friday night lights. That's supposed to be high school football, some college action here and there. Saturdays are made for college. I don't need every day to be owned by the NFL. As much as I love the NFL, I honestly don't need that Black Friday game. But if you're going to have it, tell me it doesn't make sense. 
what team does – I mean, and are you going to rotate them and just have a rotating door? Is it going to be like, uh, you know, everyone gets a chance to play right tackle? I mean, what are we doing here? It only makes sense that Black Friday ought to be a Raiders home game every single stinking year. I love the Raider fan inside you, but the NFL was just saying Amazon's offering us how much money? We'll 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 give you whoever you want. Wow. Well, Amazon, they better get their s together because I'm telling you right now, when this drops on the 10th, which is be later this week, obviously in a couple days, if the Raiders aren't hosting that game, there's going to be a problem. I mean, it, it, look, I could be wrong, I could be totally off base, but I just think that that's going to be a problem, right? It, it it didn't take a genius when they said that they were going to have a Black Friday game for me to say. Oh, yeah, that's a Raider home game. That makes sense. Look, why do the Lions play on Thanksgiving, all right? I mean, they play. They host it every single Thanksgiving. The Cowboys host it every single Thanksgiving. The, the Raiders should definitely have that day if they're going to have a Black Friday game. It just makes too much sense. I think you're reading into it too much. It's, that's just a built-in tradition that no one asked for with the Cowboys and the Lions. I mean, it would make a little sense, like you said, the silver and black. It would make all the sense. So you've been thinking about this one for a while, though, when they said As soon as they dropped it, the minute that they said there's going to be a Black Friday game, I said, oh, that's a Raider home game. That was the first thing I said, like off top. It just made, like I said, it made too much sense. But we'll get into that conversation at some point. But we find, we find out for sure all these games will be released on May 10th, and then the, uh, the absolute whole schedule will be released on uh, May 11th, and we'll have all kind of coverage, wall-to-wall coverage. You know how we do. We'll go through the schedule. We'll find the wins. We'll find the losses. We'll look for the bye week. We'll get all excited and break it all the way down. So this week will be a fun week when that comes up. Coming up on the show today, though, some of the guests that we have excited to have, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He put out a really good piece on the Senior Bowl, and that's something that myself and DeMond have been talking about quite a bit on the show, that uh, the Raiders really dipped their toes into the Senior Bowl, having Patrick Graham there as uh, as the head coach of one of the, of the staffs uh, to be able to take advantage of that and go and draft five players that actually participated. Uh, of course, they also signed McClendon uh, Carter from from uh, from uh, uh, Chattanooga. Jeez, excuse yep, me. There you go. And he was uh, at the Senior Bowl as well. And then and then Tyree uh, Wilson, he was there in Mobile, Alabama, but did not participate. So, I mean, they had a lot of players come out of Mobile. So we'll talk to Vic Tafer about that uh, piece that he put out on The Athletic. And we'll also get his thoughts on Black Friday, if he thinks that the Raiders are going to be hosting that game, if he thinks that should be a Raider home game. We'll get his thoughts on that. And then another, another question that I have to remember to ask Vic, DeMond, and this is something that uh, you know, people have been asking me. Uh, a lot of people are still hung up on the, the Michael Mayer selection, the round two pick, uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame. And the reason why they're hung up, not because it's not a good pick, they're hung up on it because we've all expressed the, the fact that the Raiders needed to get defense, 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 defense. So then they go and get a tight end at number two, in, in the number two over, or number second round, I should say. And they're thinking because the tight end draft class was so deep that you could have got a tight end later and still had the same effect. But I don't think so. I think Michael Mayer is special. And, and, and what I keep pointing out is the guy probably should have been a first-rounder, not a second-rounder. So I feel like the Raiders really got a steal getting him at number 35 overall. Everyone who is saying that they shouldn't have picked Michael Mayer, you don't believe in best player available then. Because everyone always says, hey, you got to take the best player available. However you have it on the board, take the best player available. He was without a doubt the best player available when they traded up to get him in the draft. If a guy falls to the second round where everyone, some people, the respected guys who do all the mock drafting, the Mel Kuypers, the Ty McShays, the Dane Bruglers, hey, this guy is our number one tight end and he's still available, why not pick him? You're not going to care in five years when he's leading the Raiders in maybe receptions or touchdowns or whatever and say, ah, but did we really need him in the second round? Right. 
I just think he's a difference maker. I really do. I think that he's a guy that's really going to help out that Raiders offense and really be productive in the red zone. So uh, we'll ask Vic what his thoughts are if, if he thinks that the Raiders should have made that move from Mayer there in round two or waited and got a, uh, the best defensive player available right there and then waited and got a tight end later on. I don't sign up for that. I believe that Mayer was a great selection. I think that's going to be one of the best picks that the Raiders had in this draft because I think he's going to show at least his impact earlier probably than anyone else uh, in that draft class. But, again, we'll get to Vic coming up at 2.30, get his thoughts. Then at 3 o'clock, we'll continue to do our, our highlights of players that the Raiders have either drafted or signed, and we'll talk to Gene Henley from the Times Free Press. He'll join us to talk about McClendon Curtis, the offensive lineman out of Chattanooga. Uh, he was a guy that the Raiders signed as an undrafted free agent. He was also a guy that went to the Senior Bowl. And so just kind of see he was a six-year guy there at Chattanooga uh, because of the COVID years. So we'll kind of see how much – McClendon Curtis developed from his time there to the the moment now that he's a member of the Silver and Black. And, of course, they have rookie minicamp coming up at the end of the week as well. So just kind of get a a little bit of background on McClendon Curtis, who he really is, what he could bring to the table as far as the Raiders are concerned. In Mobile, Alabama, he played just about every position along the offensive line. I mean, you want to talk about versatility, something that Dave Ziegler talks about all the time. He is the, I mean, he is the face of, of versatility when you think about playing in one week's time span. It's not like he played over, the, over months. He was there for one week and played just about every position along the offensive line. So Gene Henley from the Times Free Press will join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things McClendon-Curtis. Then we'll keep the offensive line theme going with Andrew Hutchinson, best of Arkansas sports. He'll join us at 3.30 to talk about Dalton Wagner, the offensive tackle from Arkansas. That was a priority undrafted free agent. The Raiders gave him a lot of money, so he looks like a guy that probably is going to make the squad and have an opportunity to really be an early contributor. So we'll talk to Andrew Hutchinson. It's funny, the last time I talked to him, I was actually uh, working at ESPN Central Texas, and we, uh, we had him on the show because Chad Morris had just left SMU and was taking over at Arkansas, and everybody was so hyped about what Chad Morris was going to do at Arkansas. Well, long story short, Chad Morris is no longer at Arkansas. Uh, he stunk as a head coach there. He's terrible. So he is no longer part of that program. It's the Sam Pittman era now, and they're actually doing really well. So uh, we'll talk to, we'll talk to uh, Andrew Hutchinson coming up at 3.30 all about um, Dalton Wagner, the offensive tackle. Well, also, I'll dip my toes into you know Sam Pittman and what that era means there. And also, the head coach of the UNLV Rebels also comes from Arkansas, Barry Odom. So we'll get a couple UNLV questions in with Andrew Hutchinson joining us at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, we'll do a little bit of a pivot. The NBA playoffs are going on. I still have no idea what's going on with the Warriors and Lakers series as the Lakers blew the Warriors out of the water. And uh, now they lead in that series 2-1. They're in action again tonight. Uh, if, if, if it holds serve like it has, it's going to be a Warriors victory tonight. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but it went Lakers, then Warriors, then Lakers. So I'm expecting it to go Warriors tonight. But who knows? We've also seen the Philadelphia uh, 76ers tie up their series at 2. James Harden all of a sudden appeared again. We saw the Boston Celtics not be able to get a shot off at the end of that game. And uh, even though Marcus Smart hit the three-pointer, it was after the buzzer already had gone off. And so uh, the Boston Celtics lose their game to Philadelphia, and now they're knotted up at two. We've seen Devin Booker and uh, KD really uh, bring Phoenix back, and they're knotted up at two against Denver. Who knows what's going to happen on with the Joker and his little dust-up that he had with the fan that actually wasn't a fan, but it was the Suns' owner and the little 
I don't know, a little nudge that I didn't think was even that serious, but people are making a big deal out of it. Uh, so there's that. There's a lot of different stories. He could have hurt him. He could have hurt him my foot. There's no way he could have hurt him with that. That dude was a world-class flopper. So uh, we'll talk all things NBA playoffs, just kind of uh, everything going on in the association with Andre Snellings from ESPN. I actually did a radio show with him on Saturday doing a little NBA uh, playoff conversation. It was a lot of fun on ESPN. So uh, he said he joined the radio show today at 4 o'clock to kind of summarize what the NBA playoffs are looking like right now and what to expect this evening as you'll see games in action. Oh, by the way, I don't want to, you know, slight Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler get, looks like he's banged up and is not going to be able to go for the Heat, and all he does is go out there and look like he's 100%. So Jimmy Butler and the Heat are up on the Knicks in their series. Uh, the playoffs have been fun, man. I really do enjoy everything going on in the NBA. So at 4 o'clock, Andre Snellings from ESPN will join us to talk all things NBA. So we got Vic Tafer coming up in about 20 minutes, Gene Henley from the Times Free Press at 3 o'clock, Andrew Hutchinson at 3.30, and Andre Snellings from ESPN will join us at 4 o'clock. So that rounds out the guest. Of course, we'll hear from you as well at 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So I have two questions now, and I only had one originally, but since we, me and Damon got into this nice little back-and-forth uh, disagreement, nothing disrespectful, but just disagreement about the Black Friday game, I want to get your thoughts, Raider Nation. What do you think about the Black Friday game? Do you think that that's going to be a Raiders home game when it gets announced on the 10th? Do you think it should be a Raiders home game? Uh, let us know what your thoughts on the Black Friday game is. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Maybe I'm deep diving into it like Damon says too much. That's fine. My personal feelings – the, the Black Friday game ought to be a, a, a Raiders home game each and every year. But that's just me. We'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. But the other question that I actually had and I had prepared for the show, like I like to have a, a, a topic prepared every day, is what defensive rookie do you think will make the biggest impact in 2023 and why? So when you're looking at the defensive rookies, of course, Tyree Wilson was the first one selected. Byron Young out of Alabama, the third-round pick. You've got Ja'Korian Bennett, the round four pick out of Maryland. You've also got Christopher Smith, the round five pick, the safety out of Georgia. Amari Burning, round, Bernie, round six out of Florida. And then Nesta Jade Silvera, the defensive tackle, round seven out of Arizona State. So when you're looking at those guys, and those are all the drafted ones. We can look at the undrafted free agents if you want to. There's Drake Thomas, the linebacker at NC State. Adam Plant, Jr., the edge out of UNLV, Brock Martin, the edge out of Oklahoma State, George Tarlis, edge out of Boise State, Jaden Grant, the safety out of Oregon State, Jordan Perryman, the cornerback out of Washington, and Azizi Hearn, cornerback out of UCLA. Those are all guys that were undrafted free agents, but I'm really particularly focused in on the draft class. So that's where I really want to go with this. When it comes to the defensive players in the draft class, who do you think has the biggest impact and why? 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Before we get to any of our calls or anything, we have our young intern, Enrique. He's in studio right now, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Today is his last day. We talked about it on Friday. I don't know how, Enrique, you make your last day on Monday, but okay, here we go. You're graduating. We had a big celebration at the radio station earlier for him today. Had a nice big lunch, a lot of pizzas, and a cake that was probably about, I don't know, 50 pounds heavy. It was so big, big soccer cake. But, Enrique, you've been uh, with us for a long time, even before I got to the radio station. First of all, congratulations, and how excited are you to graduate? Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel blessed. The best way to end is working with you guys and finally saying my goodbyes or my high school days. 
here at Lotus Broadcasting. Just no, no, no other better way to end it. Well, I know that's right. I mean, you know, you're going to go out with us. You're going out on yeah, a high note. Yeah. But I, I did, man. So how was, I mean, for you, how was high school, man? Because it feels like it flies so, by, so, so quickly. It goes by so quickly that it's almost a blur. So for you, what, you know, what was like the biggest highlights of your high school career? Oh, I don't know. Man. It wasn't like a t- typical public high school. Yeah. All my friends would get out like at 10, 30, 11. And I'm still in school till 3. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was the... It was how I, I just felt comfortable at being school. Yeah. All the people that cared, I could tell that everybody here at Lotus has been helping me out and just been by my side and behind my back and just pushing me every way. That's what's up. That's yeah. that's awesome. And then you play soccer, right? So you're yeah. gonna stay you're gonna stay local and you're gonna you're gonna play some soccer? You yeah. got plans? Yeah, well my my club coach he, he he coaches me and he also coaches at CSN. Okay. And he's just gonna keep me for two years, help me out. Train me and just throw me out there and just get exposed. Nice. So when yeah. we gonna see you like in the World Cup or something, man? Yeah, you gonna be? Hopefully. You know what I'm saying? All yeah. right. So hey, don't forget the little people, no, man. Yeah, when you're course. out there World Cupping it up, be like, that's my boy Q, man. <laughs> my boy Q and Demond. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you can forget Demond. That's okay. Nah, just nah, I'm just kidding. Man. I just kidding. <laughs> I just kidding. But no, man, for real. Congratulations. Yeah, you You've so always much. been a, a cool dude in the building. You're always willing to help out, and we definitely appreciate you being around. Thank you, Q. No doubt, no doubt. That's our guy, Enrique. Let's give him a round of applause. He's graduating. That's a big deal. We had a nice, like I said, nice celebration at the radio station for him earlier. The ladies across the hall, the ones that are important, they uh, made sure that everything was put together, like Danielle and Natalie and Melissa and everybody. So we definitely appreciate them. And like I said, Enrique, we definitely appreciate you. So he's going to hang out with us for a a few, uh, check out how it goes along. And remember, Enrique, the door is always open, brother. So if you want to come to the station at any point, I don't care if you're soccering it up or whatever you're doing, you got my number, man. Hit me up and the door is always open brother thank you so much no doubt no doubt now let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200 and we want to hear from you at 69187 keyword rnr what defensive rookie do you think makes the biggest impact in 2023 and why let's go who we got up first Damon. all right vice raider vice raider welcome to the show what's on your mind vice Good, good, doing good, kids. Doing good, Demond. Congratulations to you, Enrique. So I'll start off with the first. Uh, I'll go with Wilson. He's a top dog. He's from Georgia. Sure, he has the pressure, but hey, he played for the number one school in the in the U.S. So he's he's going to do make the biggest impact. It's no problem for him. But the main reason why I called was about the Black Friday game, and this is what my thoughts on it personally. And I'm not saying it's because of who I know people or what I know or what I do, but it's because. Vegas, traditionally, on Thanksgiving, before the shows were in town, before it became what it is today, everyone and their mom and, heck, even around the grandmother used to come to Vegas for that weekend, so it's always packed. And since Amazon has a hand in it and presenting the name, Jeff Bezos, he does three conventions a year here. What a better way to showcase his top clients and people and uh, his people who do this franchise and all his work. Come to Vegas, watch the football game, and that's why we kept, when we have our convention here, come back here again. So that's my thoughts personally on the whole thing. There will be a Black Friday game here in Las Vegas. Uh, so it's prepared for everybody, you know. Welcome everybody and their mother and their grandmother to Vegas on Thanksgiving weekend to watch the Raider game. Peace out, Q. Talk to you later. There he goes, Vice Raider. Thanks for the call, my man. I'll say this, Tyree Wilson is Texas Tech. You're talking about Georgia, you're talking about Christopher Smith. But I, I got what you're saying. Tyree Wilson is the is the uh, the top dog as far as the defensive player. So uh, the most is expected from him early. Uh, my only concern with Tyree, as excited as I am about him, is, of course, the, the foot injury. He's got to make sure that he's healthy, and I'm sure that that will get started this weekend when they have rookie minicamp. But, you know, I just I, – I look – you know, I haven't even answered the question myself. I think that Byron Young is going to have an impact early, the third-round pick out of Alabama, like a really good impact early. I think Tyree Wilson is going to be out there and and get a lot of production. But I think you're going to see a lot from Byron Young. But the guy that I'm most – 
uh, and excited to see is, is Ja'Korian Bennett, the round four cornerback from Maryland, just because we know that corner is an area of need for the Raiders. So I want to see if he's able to step up and have an impact early, similar to what we saw from Nate Hobbs when he was a rookie. All of a sudden, everyone looked and said, you know what, this Nate Hobbs guy, he looks pretty good. So I'm going to look at Ja'Korian Bennett. I'm excited about Tyree Wilson, excited about Byron Young, want to see what they do. But for some reason, I think Ja'Korian Bennett's going to have an opportunity to make some plays on the ball and give, uh, give the Raiders back the ball offensively. So that'll be a big-time impact early on in his career. So uh, there you go. That's my thoughts on that. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next, Damon? Of course, you know I forgot. So who who we got up next? We got James in Vegas. James, right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, James? Hey, what's going on, Q? This first time calling. a long time listening. Appreciate you. Man, kick Damon in his butt. Black (laughs) Friday's great all over it, man. Come on now. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But, you know. I see a Titan fan. I thought he was coming up to the Raiders, man. We got to send him back to Tennessee, man. <laughs> I know that's right. Send him hey, on back to Tennessee. <laughs> and I just got one more word, man. I like the work you do, man. I hear you on ESPN also. Hey, man, you the man, bro. Keep on. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. There he goes. James right here in Vegas. First time caller. Don't make it the last time, man. Make sure you chime in uh, early and often. We definitely appreciate hearing from you. Love appreciate hearing from everyone at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Jim from Yonkers said, Young will have the biggest impact, his durability and experience. He's played a lot of games and is pro ready. I knew we were getting mayor when we traded up. His two backups are in the NFL. That tells you how good he is. A matchup nightmare. Black Friday, Steelers at Raiders. Thanks for a great show. Knicks need a win tonight. Jim from Yonkers, hit us with everything. Hit us with the trifecta of answers. Jim, thank you so much. And, again, I'm high on Young as well. I think that he's really going to be good at stopping the run. I think he's going to pride himself in that, making sure he could do that early and often. But he started to develop a little bit of pass rushing skills the last year there at Bama. And as you mentioned, he has a lot of games played, over 50 games played in his Alabama career. 805 Raiders said, for some reason, I feel the NFL will have the Raiders play on Black Friday. Don't think it'll be every year, though. Amari Bernie is going to play a lot of snaps, just like Masterson did last year. There you go. Amari Bernie is the thoughts of 805 Raider. Thanks for that text. And he very well could be. And we'll do a little bit of a, a preview on Amari Bernie tomorrow. We actually have a guest already lined up for 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. So I'm excited about that uh, to do a little Amari bon- uh, Bernie. So that'll be uh, – we'll have uh, – who do we have lined up for that tomorrow? Damon, did I tell you who it was that we have lined up? I forgot. Uh, Nick De- yeah, Nick De La Torre. That's right. Nick De La Torre will join us at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon to talk about Amari Bernie, the – uh, the linebacker, he was a safety turn linebacker out of Florida. That'll be at 2.30 tomorrow. Let's go ahead and get one more call, 702-365-9200. Just kidding. Or the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Jordan in Utah County, it's the easy answer, but I think Tyree Wilson will be the biggest impact. With him and Max and Chandler on the field at the same time, Max will for sure have less double teams, and I feel that Chandler and Max and Tyree Wilson will get one-on-ones, and that will be nothing but good news for the whole defense, Jordan in Utah County. And I agree with the, the one-on-ones. And I do think that at times, and this is kind of what – I don't remember if it was the Jets who did this or the Giants, but they kind of called it their NASCAR package when they were able to have guys like that, like three of those guys on the field at the same time. That's what I most look forward to, honestly. Like, I think Tyree Wilson is going to be good across from Chandler or across from Max, whatever the case may be. But I think when all three of those get on the field at the same time, that's where you'll see the biggest impact from those guys because it's like pick your poison. 
right? Especially if Tyree can can start to start to have a little bit of dominance from the inside as well, and uh, be able to have Chandler Jones just pin his ears back and get after the after the quarterback. I think that that can that could go a really good a far way. And of course, Max Crosby is Max Crosby, right? So uh, kind of already expect that we know what to what to get what the, what the Raiders are going to get out of him. So uh, yeah, if they have that NASCAR package, man, I think that that would be really really good. Uh, one more text here from the nine one six Raider Sean said, "I'm not going to go." Uh, go with the easy choice, Wilson, but I'm going to say Byron Young. I think he's going to help push the pocket and help out tremendously. He was second and not far behind Jalen Carter in pressures. Also wanted to ask another question. Should the Raider fans no longer have to worry too much about cold weather games with four gone? Jimmy G played in cold cold as Stones, New England, so should be good to go. That's Raider Sean. And, yeah, let's answer the, the cold weather games. I think it's it's the whole team mindset, right? I think that that was one of the biggest things. And, of course, it started with the quarterback. But I think it was the whole team mindset. But, look, they went into Pittsburgh on, New Year, on Christmas Eve last year. It was – you want to talk about cold. It was cold as cold gets. And, you know, they were able to, to do, you know, do basically what Pittsburgh was able to do. Pittsburgh didn't do much better than them. Uh, you know, they made a few more plays. So I, I think that the Raiders will be fine uh, in the cold weather games. I thought that they started to kind of overcome – that stigma for a while, that, and what was the other thing? Oh, I didn't like the 10 a.m. starts either, the 10 a.m. West Coast starts. I feel like they've started to overcome that as well. So, uh, yeah, I think moving forward, you know, this team should be able to adapt to whatever situation uh, it occurs. If it's an early kickoff, if it's a cold-weather game, they should be able to go out there and play. Are they going to be as used to it as a home team? No, not. But they should still be able to uh, adapt and overcome the weather and overcome certain situations to be able to be a really good team because that's what really good teams do. So uh, we want to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R, so com text line. What defensive rookie do you think makes the biggest impact in 2023 and why? And should a Black Friday game, should that be a Raiders home game? I think it should be a Raiders home game every year, but what are your thoughts? Let us know. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Two questions that I threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword r First of all, it's about this Black Friday game. Should this be a Raiders home game this year? Should it be a Raiders home game every year? I say yes, but that's me. What says you? 69187, keyword R&R. And also, what defensive rookie do you think makes the biggest impact in 2023 and why? Let us know again on the don'tbebroke.com text line because joining us now on the phone lines from The Athletic is our good friend Vic Tafer. And Vic, definitely appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. And before we get into your, your piece that you wrote on The Athletic about Patrick Graham and the Senior Bowl, I want to get your thoughts on the Black Friday game. You've covered the NFL for a long time. Should this be a Raiders home game? That's a good question. I've never thought about that. Uh, what's, what's the reason for? Give me, the, give me the pros and cons. Well, I mean, it's the Black Friday, and it's the silver and black in Allegiant Stadium uh, that is black, it. and it. it just makes all the I'm sense little, in the world to me. I'm a little slow. I get it. Black Friday, silver and black. Now I get it. I get it. Um, I like my Black Fridays, man. Football free, so I'm not sure about this whole thing. <laughs> uh, I'm, still, I'm getting my turkey sandwiches going the next day. Um, I'm still relaxing, but uh, I get it. If that's something that uh, can be a tradition, I think it's why not? If it's something they can do, like you said, every year, I'm all for it. But I don't need to do once in a while. If we're, we're going to do it, let's do it and uh, do it every year. But 
Yeah, it's, uh, let's go for it. I'm with you. I'm with it. Let's do it every year. And I'll, I'll say this, just for the record, I don't need NFL action on Fridays at all. I really don't, but we're going to get it. <laughs> so there's that. You know, I, I really don't need it. I could leave that for high school football, but it is what it is. And also, before we get into your piece on the Senior Bowl, uh, what were your thoughts on Vita Blue, man? He passed away, great A's pitcher. His, what he was able to do back in the day will never be duplicated. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Vita Blue when you found out that he passed away? Yeah, I was sad. Vida's a great guy. I mean, obviously, you know, I watched him a little bit. I'm not that old, but I watched a little bit of him when he was playing and the highlights. I knew he was an incredible player, but uh, I met him quite a few times at some sort of golf tournaments and uh, some A's you know, back in the day. So I knew Vida pretty well. Just a great, great guy. Just a guy who's always smiling, always in a good mood. Make sure you were in a good mood. Asked about how you were doing, kind of like not just token questions, but I obviously cared about other people and want everyone to be happy and appreciate. Every day was a good day, so definitely a big loss. Just a, a great, great athlete and a, and a better person. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, Vic Tafer from The Athletic is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Your piece, how Patrick Graham, the Raiders used Senior Bowl week to find five draft picks. I, I've been talking about this quite a bit, so when I saw that piece, my eyes lit up. So uh, how, how big was that for Patrick Graham, who you talked to, to be able to talk to these players, kind of start the process, as he said, in this whole you know, draft process and, and getting that firsthand experience with those players there in Mobile, Alabama? Yeah, that's a big deal. You know, the Raiders did before with John Gruden. He used it for a lot of guys uh, a few years back, and now again with Patrick Graham. I just think it's a chance you can watch guys, not just in practice, but in meetings, how they interact, just kind of get a sense of who the true leaders are in the room and kind of just uh, take a step back and watch these guys when they're not really, know they're always being watched. Like the draft process is always, these guys are on it the whole time, kind of trying to go from meetings to meetings and, and pro days and combines and workouts and always trying to impress. But I think you kind of catch these guys in moments where they're not, totally on, and I think that's a great thing. So they got six guys. They drafted five guys. and also got an undrafted guy. So I think that's a quite nice haul for a senior bowl week. You know, and I had someone hit me up because I had mentioned it during the draft that, hey, they keep dipping their toes into the senior bowl, and someone said it was a crutch. And, and I kind of pushed back on that. I said, I don't think it's a crutch. I think it's just familiarity. And, and they learned a lot about these guys, uh, you know, throughout the course of the week. Where do you stand on, on drafting so many players that, that they got familiar with that senior bowl week? Yeah, I think it can be a crutch, I think, but I think in this case you do hope that. I think all it really does is like it may put guys higher on your board than they normally would be because you don't know them that well. So I think like a case of, say, Byron Young, a guy who I know a lot about going into this process. I knew he was a solid player and he got lost in a lot of Alabama stars, but I think you may know him a little more than, than, than most people do. So they kind of, this guy is good and has a higher ceiling than people think he does. So we'll put him a little higher on the board than maybe other teams do. What do you think about Byron Young, the defensive tackle out of Alabama? How early do you think he'll be a contributor as far as the, the Raiders in that defense goes? Well, if you take him where they took him, I think it's got to be pretty soon, right? I mean, it's not a lot of depth in the middle there. I think he can play a little bit outside even on some, uh, on some run plays. But I think he's got to play, I'm not saying starting, but definitely got to be a factor right, right away this year, I think. Again, Vic Tafer is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. demond has got one for you. Sticking on the defensive side, I want to ask about Jacorian Bennett. Maybe not so much when it comes to pressure, but what do you think the Raiders' expectations are for him when it comes to getting on the field as a rookie? Well, you hope like the skills translate. Like you're watching on the tape in college, and you can always kind of find the ball. He made plays in the ball. He always has great speed. But more than that, it looks like he has a nose for where things are going to go and kind of small things to get there and actually make plays in the ball, which is something – they haven't had for a while here. So that's been kind of a lacking quality in their DBs the last few years. So, I mean, we'll see how you know, it definitely goes into the NFL, but I think they hope that skill translates right away. 
he can be a guy who has to feel pretty soon. Yeah, another player I want to ask you about, Christopher Smith out of Georgia. and But also ask about a veteran. Do you think that the Raiders should maybe bring back Deron Harmon to be that veteran presence to help a young safety like Chris Smith develop? I did, and I always kind of assumed he'd be back. I mean, he hadn't signed anyone else. Yeah, I always thought he'd be the guy that took care of after the draft was over. And he still might, but when you hear their comments about Smith, like he's kind of like a, a young Deron Harmon, and maybe they feel like he can kind of address those things that they're drawing. I was not the leadership qualities, but just in terms of the, the know-how and kind of the physical skills. And he's a little other size is why he went where he went, but in terms of the intangibles and the ability to make plays, uh, that, that can maybe be why he's about to steal where they got him. Vic, I wanted to go back to Ja'Korian Bennett real quick. Again, the, the defensive back out of Maryland. He played across from Deontay Banks, and Banks obviously went very high in the draft. Do you think that there's any kind of concern that, hey, he got a lot of attention in college because he was playing across from Banks, but it might not be the same in uh, you know in the NFL where he might not be able to have that same kind of production? Yeah, I'm sure that's a, that's a concern, but maybe not a big concern. But you never really know. Again, like all these guys, this whole process, like you, you watch these guys in film in college and you know one thing. All of a sudden, you change your opinions based on what you do at a combine or a pro day. And it's kind of weird. So you kind of, hopefully, somewhere in there, the truth is this guy is a player. Is a player that makes plays with speed and actually ability to get to the ball. So you hope it's not he wasn't getting the matchups he should have had in college. But again, we'll see all this soon enough. I'm on the training camp hits. You kind of know right away which guys are potential players, which guys you kind of made mistakes on. You know, again, your piece uh, in the Athletic Hal Patrick Graham, the Raiders use Senior Bowl week to find draft, five draft picks. Uh, one of, the, one of the, the, the lines that I read in there that I thought was pretty interesting was the fact that the NFL is really trying to make the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl like the two premier all-star showcases. Of course, the Shrine Bowl is played right here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Do you think that there's going to be more and more for the kind of years to come, uh, the, the NFL showing even more attention to the Shrine Bowl as well as the Senior Bowl? For sure, I think our house is looking at destinations. Would you rather go to Mobile, Alabama, or to Las Vegas, Nevada? If you're like a scout or like, <laughs> true. you know, I'm a, a coach. I mean, uh, I've been to the Senior Bowl a couple times. It wasn't a great experience, I got to tell you. I mean, uh, so I can definitely see where Vegas would be a little more fun for, for not only players but also for scouts and, and coaches to go. And I think it makes sense. Ideally, you build both up. But um, if my if I were to guess, I wouldn't. I could see the, the kind of skills tilting towards the East West Shrine game as, as the years go on. A guy that the Raiders signed, they didn't draft him, but he played in Mobile, Alabama, was McClendon Curtis, the offensive lineman out of Chattanooga. We're actually going to do a spotlight on him coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, what are your thoughts on Curtis, and do you think that he can have some kind of impact or at least be a, a pretty good quality piece of depth along that Raiders offensive line? Yeah, my thoughts are he's a 6'5", 224, so that's good enough for me for undrafted <laughs> guy who played a different spot. He's a big guy. Ideally, your coaches can come in and, Get your hands on him and kind of teach him some things, but just in terms of a raw piece of clay, that's what you want—a guy who obviously is willing to work, willing to move around. Even at the senior ball, he was willing to move around different spots, and he knew he would look that good at certain spots. He wasn't really concerned about you know his how he was going to look at, but just to get the experience in, get the coaches to know he's kind of a team guy, willing to do whatever it takes. Those are good qualities, and again, the size is definitely and given the weight room. And maybe he gets something there. So uh, nothing to lose at that point. You know, where they got him? Do you, Do you think he's a guard or do you think he's a tackle in the NFL? People tell me he's a guard. People tell me he's a guard. People say that uh, that they think he'll be a guard. Now, obviously, he could be both. If you're a swing guy, you can play backup spots of both. That helps your your value. But I think in terms of uh, his traits and his footwork and just his, his arms, I think he'll be a guard. 
Something else I want to ask you about when it comes to McClendon Curtis being an undrafted free agent, are you surprised that the Raiders didn't address the offensive line in the draft? I know that they couldn't address every need, but are you surprised that they have confidence in basically just running it back with that offensive line? I was surprised in the sense that you heard they really loved you know, Paris Johnson in the first round. and They almost got him. I think if they, there's no trade-up ahead of them. But, uh, so that you went from getting that guy almost in the first round to not getting the guy in, in the seven rounds. I guess it's the way it works. I'm thinking you, you kind of uh, you have guys targeting certain spots. You don't know where they're going to go, and the board changes. I think you kind of adapt, and ideally they want to get one in, but they want to get the guy that they want. And so each round went by, they find different guys different spots, and I think that's a good approach. And obviously to me it's still a concern, the offensive line, but you can always find it better when I get to at some point. And you know, I do with the guys who got back from last year, you can, they can get better. So uh, it is weird the way it worked out, but I, I get it. Something else I've got to ask you about when it comes to the slot receiver position, Trey Tucker, another one of these guys that they picked up at the senior bowl. Do you think that the writing is on the wall for Hunter Renfro, or do you think that they could use both of these guys in the slots but in different ways? I'm going to say both. How about for a cop-out answer? I'm going to say both. The writing is on the <laughs> I love wall, it. And, and they can use both guys. I think um, uh, it's weird to me. I mean, obviously, Trey Tucker uh, is the guy I'm sure they fell in love with from speed and the return game and the gunner, but that's pretty high for a slot receiver. When you got one, you gave an extension last year. So I think um, I'm not sure about the fit with Renfro and these guys. I think um, salary cap wise, there's much smaller of a dead cap hit after June 1st if they trade him. So you never know. But uh, I would be surprised if Hunter Renfro was here next season. This season, it may still be fine. But I'd be surprised long term if he's still here. So I think um, you might see you know, a year right now if both are playing. But I think you drop the guy this high. Uh, for a slot receiver, I think he's definitely the whole piece. They target him to be the starting guy going forward before long. Yeah, I mean, look, they he, they grabbed him in the third round. Most people projected him to be a fifth or a sixth round guy, and they got him in the third round, so obviously they feel pretty high about him. But, Vic, you mentioned, you know, the post-June 1st when it comes to Hunter Renfro, and I'm so confused by this. And what I mean is, if I look at Spotrack.com, which I've looked at multiple times, it says one thing post-June 1st for Hunter Renfro and his contract. Then I look at OverTheCap.com, and it says something much lower, like only a one-point-something million-dollar cap hit if he's traded after June 1st. Do you know which one is actually true or which one is more accurate than the other? I don't, but I do, I do know that it is uh, definitely less. I think, I think the, the one, the 1.1, 1. 1, is that's closer yeah. to the truth than the other one. I think, I think the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think these contracts are not um, widely known, but from what I've been told, there is a less of that cap hit after June 1st. And who, who knows? That doesn't mean we'll trade them, but I just think that they were going to. It makes more sense to do it. After June first, right. There's no doubt about that. Again, Vic Tafer is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Necessary roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. I wanted to ask you about tight end Michael Mayer. He's a guy that a lot of Raider Nation feels like the Raiders could have drafted a defensive player and then got a tight end later because well, the tight end draft class is really deep. But I think Michael Mayer is special. What are your thoughts on where they got him and who the the player is and how he's going to help this Raiders team? I'll tell you what, I did a big story on all the tight ends in the draft before the draft started, like which guys raised my target. And I totally blew off, man, because you know what? I could get him in the first round, so forget about him. I didn't even talk about him, maybe <laughs> one sentence about him. I went to the other 11 guys in depth. So that tells you uh, my, my draft thought. I thought he'd be gone. So I thought I could get where if he's there in round two. I guess they tried to trade back in round one to get him, but I couldn't do it. So, uh, you know, there's some uh, some poor man's Gronk comparisons. He's a guy who can make the short line, you know, short guards catches. He's tough. After the catch, you can block a little bit. So you have all the tools you want in terms of a Patriots, Raiders slash tight end nowadays. So I think it's uh, you got to replace Darren Waller. You need a guy who can make plays in a different way than Darren, but definitely a playmaker 
in his own way. So I get it. I think he's definitely a big-time weapon uh, for their offense. Final question for you. Do you think we see Jimmy G or whoever's at quarterback for the Raiders throwing the ball into the end zone instead of throwing it short and helping a guy breaks a tackle or two to get there? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Jimmy G will definitely be more in sync with Josh and Daniels and, and, and the offense, and I hope there was a chance we'll get more plays than they had last year. I'll say this, man. It's so frustrating to see the Raiders throw the ball short and hope a guy just breaks a tackle and gets in the end zone. It is so frustrating. But, you know, that's a whole other story, Vic, as you know. So there you go. Great stuff. Vic, what are you working on, man? What do you got coming out in the athletic we should be on the lookout for? Uh, both the side and I are working on some profiles. I think he's got uh, Wilson, I got uh, Mayer, and the nice. quarterbacks. Those are coming out pretty soon, but just kind of breaking down those guys. The rookie camp starts on Friday. There's no access, but we'll try and be top of it as much, as much as we can. Well, you know you guys got it covered. You and Tashawn are like uh, Starsky and Hutch, man. You guys got it covered, man. So I'm, I have no doubt that you guys will have it covered like a glove, and we'll be checking out everything that you guys got to say. Fantastic stuff as always, Vic. We definitely appreciate you, brother. Oh, man, I appreciate you guys. Take care. All right, my man. There he goes. Vic Tafer from The Athletic on Twitter, at Vic Tafer. And, yeah, there's no access to rookie minicamp, but I'm sure that there'll be a lot. Vinny will have a lot. Vic will have a lot. Tashawn will have a lot of, of good stuff, to, little nuggets to drop on, uh, the obviously, The Athletic and then The Review Journal as well. And just going back to the Raiders and Black Friday, the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz, sent me a text message while we were talking to Vic. You think we have Black Friday games in Vegas? And I said, I think so. I think they should do it every year. He said, then I'm having Thanksgiving at your house. <laughs> so there you go. That's Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black. He's chiming in on the Black Friday games as well. And we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com, text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. Black Friday, do you think that it should be a Raider home game? Do you think it should be a Raider home game every year or just this year? Or give us your thoughts on it one way or the other. And then what defensive rookie do you think makes the biggest impact in 2023 and why? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Gene Henley from the Times Free Press will join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things McClendon Curtis, offensive lineman out of Chattanooga, the undrafted free agent. Then Andrew Hutchinson, Bessa Arkansas Sports, will join us to talk about Dalton Wagner, the other offensive lineman, the offensive tackle, undrafted free agent out of Arkansas. That's coming up at 3 and 3.30. But right now, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Two questions that I threw out there to you today. Black Friday game, we'll find out on the 10th. Who's going to be hosting it? Who's going to be playing in it? And I think it should be the Raiders. And, hell, I think it should be the Raiders every year. But that's just me. So what are your thoughts? We want to hear that. Plus, what defensive rookie do you think makes the biggest impact in 2023 and why? Ray Raider 213 said, what up, Q&D? I have Wilson and Mayer having a quick impact. Wilson, Max, and Jones are going to feast, and Mayer is going to help in the run game and in the red zone as well. Just win, baby. Let's get them Chiefs. And one more quick text uh, comes from Rick. Uh, yeah, Rick from Fresno. What up, Q? It's your boy Rick from Fresno. The Black Friday game should most definitely be a Raider home game, and this year it should be against the Steelers. So there you go. That is Rick from Fresno. I like that. And one quick tweet, and then we'll go to the phone lines. My guy Marcelo, a.k.a. Vice Raider, called in earlier on the show, and uh, he tweeted at us now and said, Black Friday game for sure at Allegiant Stadium. No-brainer. Thanks for taking my call. Also, 
I'll whip y'all at Top Golf, including Army Vet Jess. That's my guy, Vegas Jess. So uh, he's calling out Demond. He's calling out me. He's calling out Raider Nation. He's calling out Twilight, a.k.a. Jason. Uh, just like you can think you can dominate me in Domino's Q. Hashtag game on. That's Vice Raider. He's just firing all his shots. He's feeling good about himself. It must be spring in the air. Vice Raider's feeling really good about himself. So he's catching a bunch of L's if he's around me because <laughs> you know how I am with competition. I don't like to lose at anything. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to my brother who doesn't ever lose at anything. Brother Marquise at a 305 rep Miami one time. What's up, my man? What's good, Q? How you doing, bro? Hey, I'm blessed, man. How are you? Man, I can't complain, brother. Hey, uh, a couple things. Uh, one, Black Friday game. I don't care if the Raiders play on Friday, Thursday, Sunday, Saturday, whatever day. It's all good to me. So <laughs> that, that works for me. Um, as far as the impact of the rookies, um, I want to get your impact on uh, your 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 thoughts on this as well. But for me, um, for me, the 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 impact got to be Tyree Wilson because when we hired Patrick Graham, all I hear is about how multiple we're going to be. We're going to be a, are they a four mm-hmm. three? Are we a three four? Are we a five two? I don't know. Yes, where is that? I didn't yeah. see any of that last year, and so I'm hoping with. Tyree Wilson coming in allows them to be a little bit more multiple. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw – I know most of the game's in sub-package, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw us more in a 3-4 with Byron Byron Young and, and Tyree at the 5-tech and letting Max and um, and Chandler be the outside outside rushers at the 3-4. So yeah. I'd be interested to see how much of that we play. So I, I'm curious of what your thoughts of if you think it's going to be more of a transition that way or just uh, rotating guys in. Hey, great call. It's always good to hear from you, my man. And, yeah, that's the thing that we didn't see a lot of, right, in 2022. We didn't hear all that or see all that versatility and all that, you know, that multiple looks, right? We didn't see it. And so I think guys like Tyree Wilson, even guys like Byron Young are going to help in that transition. So, yeah, I'm with you, you know. And, and again, I mentioned it before, having Tyree Wilson out there with Max and Chandler, and you bring up a good point about the 3-4, that could be one way that they implement that, right, is, is by going towards that 3-4 that look. So I'm with it. I'm with it. I like it. I would love to see the versatility. The one thing I, I kept hearing about, you know, the multiple schemes and the reason why they didn't do that in 2022 is they didn't have the guys to do it. They didn't have the guys that were going to pick it up quickly, so they had to do whatever they could do to try to get these guys to understand what they were doing. And, you know, that goes back to the, the players that they're selecting, right? Something that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels will talk about. They want football players that, that can pick up stuff pretty quickly. You know, real intelligent no football situations, right? I know like a guy like Jerry Tillery is going to be able to provide some kind of pass rush from the inside. He can't stop the run, but he's really good at, at getting after the, uh, the passers. So that could be a guy that could be a part of uh, the quality depth that they have. So they have a, a bunch of different options, but some of their big-time players, like you mentioned, Tyree Wilson and the, uh, the one I keep bringing up, Byron Young, I think that those guys are going to really help in that in those different uh, fronts that you're talking about and those different formations that you're talking about moving forward. So, yeah, I'm with it. We'll see exactly what Patrick Graham does. But the one thing he said is he needs players. Okay, you got players. Now you got to go put it together and make it work. Raider 66, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Uh, welcome, Q. Uh, I tell you, it's got to be a Raider home game every year. If it's Black Friday, Mm-hmm. That's got to be, you know, the you got the Cowboys and the Lions have got Thanksgiving nailed down. This has got to be a Raider home game all the way through. That's what I say. And I just wanted to say something uh, kind of quickly about Bite of Blue when I when I heard yeah. that yesterday. Oh man, it just it just hit me. Uh, that guy was was something. Being a fellow left hander, you know, he was my guy. And you you know, being a person from the, the Central Valley, growing up there, you know about those teams. You know, yeah. uh, just uh, some facts there. This guy. In 1970, when he got brought up, 
he threw a no-hitter against the Twins. At the time, he was just past his 21st birthday. He is the youngest player ever in Major League Baseball to throw a no-hitter. I think that still stands. And in 71, you know, he went 24-8, and eight, won the MVP, Cy Young, just the fifth player to turn that double trick. And, you know, this is how much baseball has changed, Q. He threw 24 complete games. <laughs> yep. You know how many com- you know how many complete games were in the entire Major League Baseball last year? It went 24. <laughs> 36. 36 wow. for the whole all really? Major League Baseball. And there were two te- there were two people on those those early 70s teams that were not ball players but they are very famous. You probably know about him cuz you grew up in that area. One was a guy by the name of Stanley Burrell. You know him? MC Hammer. That is exactly right. Reggie gave him that name cuz he looked like uh like Aaron, uh, like Hank Aaron, yep. and he called him Little Hammer. And uh, and the other one was uh, one of the ball girls for uh, Charlie Finley. He didn't have ball boys on the sidelines. He had ball girls. And one of them's name was Debbie. And uh, after a while, she started taking uh, lemonade and cookies out to the umpires. Uh, her last name ended up being Fields when she got married. She is Mrs. Fields, and she was once a ball girl for the uh, Oakland Athletics. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Raider 66, dropping knowledge. That's awesome, man. Thank you for the call. That's good stuff. I didn't know that about Debbie, but there you go. Uh, Stanley Burrell, that's my guy. I'm a big MC Hammer guy. Uh, Stanley Burrell and his family, man. Shout out to him. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's some good stuff. And, and quick story, man, Vita Blue, I remember – uh, when I was walking to school, when I lived in San Ramon, I went to Cal High for a quick minute, and uh, I was walking to school, and he actually lived right around the corner from my school, so I used to walk by his house all the time. And the first time that someone introduced me to him, they said, oh, that's Vita Blue. And I was like, get out of here. That ain't no Vita Blue. And they're like, no, it is. And so then they introduced me, and then so we talked. So every day when I walked past his house, I was always waiting to see if he was outside. And a lot of times he would, and he'd just sit there and start start talking to us. He was a really, really good dude. And uh, I was, like I said, that was back in, what, ninety. 192, whatever, when I was in high school. But, uh, yeah, shout-out to Vita Blue, who passed away over the weekend. Raider 66, thanks for the call, man. It's great to hear from you. Coming up next, we kick off hour number two of the show. Gene Henley, Times Free Press. He'll join us to talk all things McClendon Curtis. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.